Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into the latest episode of Floors Yours. This is an extension of Five on the Floor. This thing goes everywhere, so you may be watching it on Twitter. You may be watching it on our YouTube channel. Thanks for the new subscriptions today. You may be listening to it between 10 and 11 a.m. on the Nothing But Net channel, and that is on Dash Radio. So download the Dash Radio app, Dash Radio app, and after you uh, download that, just go to the Nothing But Net channel and you will find us. So that's the place to go. I'm doing this from a slightly different location tonight, so I hope I'm not too echoey. I apologize for that. Um, but uh, my daughter is baking a cake in my apartment, not unsupervised. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the place will not burn down. Um, we've got a couple of new people here with us tonight. Alf is going to be a couple minutes late, uh, but he will be here. Alex Toledo beat him, so he gets the cookie. He's next to me here on the right side. He got Just like Dion, baby, making buzzer beaters. That's right. right. Dion Waiters. We're going to talk about him tonight. Uh, above me is David Fernandez. He's wearing the Five on the Floor shirt. Um, David has been contributing Marlins content to us, uh, but doing some other things. So we will, we will talk uh, a little bit about Adam Conley tonight. No, we won't. Um, but but we'll, uh, we, we, we'll we'll get, we'll be getting a little Marlins conversation, but mostly Heat. And then above Alex, um, it, the only person younger than, well, one of the few people younger than Alex in the network, but he's been producing all of the stuff off the Zoom calls for us, the Heat Zoom calls that they've been having just about every day. Uh, Brady Hawk, you can find his five takeaways from all the Zoom calls. Say hello, Brady. Brady is wearing, you can't, you can't see this on Dash Radio or on our podcast, but you can hear on YouTube. He's wearing one of our new drip shirts, our Tyler Hero shirts with 14. They shut down our bubble shop. We don't know why. Um, so you can't get that shirt right now, but he got a bootleg shirt before we shut down the store. So he's got a drip shirt. All right, we're going to go through some topics tonight. Uh, the first one tonight, we've got a bunch of things to get to. Uh, make sure you listen to our episode from last night where we did a live stream. We did an hour, and then we did a podcast afterwards. Total overkill off a of scrimmage. But uh, the big news today was the Miami Heat put it out. They let some of the reporters know right before they released some video. Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn are back with the Miami Heat, and they worked with the Miami Heat tonight. today. So basically, they got out of quarantine. They passed the two tests that they needed to pass. They are back. The Heat have a full roster. I'm going to go to Alex on this first. Uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, about the uh, – the difference of having Bam in there, particularly defensively, how quickly do you think they integrate these two guys and how different does it look from what we saw against Sacramento? Oh, I think it's going to look different in the sense that it's going to look a lot more like what we saw during the seasons. Like we talked about so many times their you know, their pet go-to action is that Bam Duncan Robinson dribble handoff at the top of the key. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. And we're going to see a lot of what Kendrick Nunn was doing uh, as a starting point guard for the Heat all season, you know, coming around screens, uh, being a pull-up shooter when the big drops, 
or if the guys play up on him, you know, going to the rim and he could he's he's one of, let's say, four pull up threats. For him, but he's the only guy of those who can drive to the rim and attack the rim. So I think we're going to you know, it's good that they're getting him back. It gives them a little bit more variety to the offense that we already know. Bam's impact on defense. We don't even got to go over that part because that's where the Heat really kind of struggled last night. And, you know, I can't blame them, but that was a Kings team without De'Aaron Fox and that 2-3 zone with Kelly Olynyk and, you know, Kelly and Myers by themselves out there on an island is just not great. But we see without Bam there just how much he covers up on defensively because mm-hmm. they, they, it never looks that bad when he's out there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, one of the things we mentioned too, I mean, uh, they shot something like 44 threes last night. And I mean, it was like 70% of their shots were threes. Now, I do have a little bit of information here that I'll share over the course of the podcast, I, I, or the course of this episode, because I did talk to some people related to the heat today. And one of the things that, that came across, one of the reasons they feel so good about their chances is something that Buddy Heald said last night after the scrimmage. It's a shooter's background. Uh, the shooters love the background. It's dark. It's uncomplicated. And they feel like it plays right into their hands with as many shooters as they have on the roster. And it's not something we've really talked about, but they didn't really know what it was going to be until they get in there. And I can tell you the Heat players love it. They love it. Duncan Wait, loves you, it. Tyler loves it. Could yeah. you go in more about the shooter's background? What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, it, just that it's, it's a dark – what I was told was the shooters like it because it's, like, it's a dark background, basically. It's not, it's not cluttered uh, in any way, and they, they feel like it's clean. It's a more natural uh, the, gym it's, environment. It's, it's a more natural gym environment. There's none of the other distractions. I know that the Heat put in some distractions, but th- there's none of the other distractions that they're accustomed to. And I was told the players love it, and they think it plays right in their hands, and it's kind of fed the strategy of we're going to take even more threes, um, and, and that's the way we're going to go. Better depth perception that Benjamin says. I think that's true, actually. I, it, just looking at it, it looks like it. But I, I think the other thing is they do need to get to the line some, and Bam is somebody who can get to the line. They only had three players this year who averaged four free throws a game. Jimmy, Bam, and Dragic at 4.1 uh, was Dragic. Kendrick not only averages 1.3 a game, Hero averages less than two. Unless they develop that part of their game, which may not happen yet, they need Bam to be able to get to the line. Did we um, see how many free throw attempts Jimmy got last night? Because now that you're talking about it, that's it's kind of going to be interesting to monitor their their free throw rate in this environment because that was something they really relied on offensively was Jimmy's I don't know, think it was number many. one free throw I rate. Think he got, I think he got two and ones. So two and one. He got two and ones, but I don't think he got any straight free throw attempts. Oh. Brady, Brady, we'll go to you on this. Um, from what you saw last night, uh, let, let, we've talked about Bam a lot. What can Kendrick Nunn add? I think Kendrick Nunn could take away some of the stuff that Tyler Hero has to do. You know, he, he kind of struggled last night shooting the ball. I think Nunn really could, you know, we've seen it all year. He's not afraid to shoot the ball. He has confidence in shooting it. I think he could definitely take a little bit off of that with Tyler when he comes in for, um, you know, either subs in for Duncan or in the second unit or whatever. But I think I think he could definitely, because as mentioned before, that mid-range he takes – Something that we didn't see last night from any of the other guys, really. We, they're all shooting three-pointers. I think, I think Alex said it about attacking the rim. That's something definitely that, that he can do that a lot of the other guys weren't doing last night other than, you know, Butler and Iguodala. We saw that a couple of times. But I think he could, you know, change the game up a little bit for the Heat other than shooting three-pointers. David, do you want to see that one of the other things we've talked about a lot on, four, on, on five on the floor is the Heat rolling more players – than they rolled during the regular season. They, they kind of got to a nine-man rotation, then the nine-man rotation. Then they didn't have enough players because they didn't have Dion, Justice, and JJ. 
And then after they didn't have the nine, the, the nine man rotation, then they, then they had Iguodala and Crowder and they were force feeding the minutes down the stretch when they didn't really know what they were doing yet. Do you want to see the heat play more or play fewer? Well, I mean, to start, they definitely have to play more because you want to avoid um, any of those soft tissue injuries with a quick ramp up. So they have to kind of ease into uh, what they're doing here early. Um, you know, but eventually Spo has a very sort of set rotation and he's always been that way. Everybody has their role. I mean, we saw it when James Jones would start after not playing for a million years, you know. Um, so, you know, he's I would like to see him kind of incorporate some of these guys a little bit more. But eventually he's going to set on, you know, eight, nine guys, uh, maybe when we move into the playoffs, um, you know, because that's just the way that he's always approached things. Yeah, I, I think he might wait longer to do that, but it is a tendency. But I, I just get the feeling they're going to roll more. Um, can we address this before we move on to other stuff. I feel like the, the one thing the Heat fans were upset about last night was no KZ Akpala. Um, <laughs> and I just, we can Victor Buckets is putting on their free KZ till it's backwards. Uh, I, I mean, how pressing is this to get? I, I feel like Spolster at the first scrimmage wanted to get the key guys enough run. That that was that was the thing he wanted to do. I wouldn't be surprised if we see KZ in the second or third game a little bit, the second or third scrimmage. What's your with expectation? With well, with Bam back, with Bam back, that might take away from Silva's minutes. So maybe we do see KZ maybe. as a result of that. Well, I, I did. I thought Silva's minutes were pretty good last night, actually. And less guard minutes for for Gabe Vincent because of not coming back. Because of none coming back, right? So 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 maybe yeah, maybe again we see KZ. But how important is it is it to, that we actually get a look at KZ now, or is this? I've said I think there may be a role for him, a small role for him, as they go forward. How important is it that they get him some run? I mean. They might as well at this point. There's no harm in these two scrimmages. And even, you know, as the, the seeding games, you know, they, as they sort of take place, um, you know, does it really matter, you know, kind of exactly if we're the, you know, the four seed or the five seed? I mean, some of that stuff is up in the air, but it, it would be nice to see what you have in KZ at this point. Um, and if for nothing else, just throw the fans a bone here early on with these scrimmages at least. Uh, I mean, Brady, I mean, you, you've, I mean, you, you're one of the people that follows the college game for us quite a bit. I mean, what, what, can, what is an expectation level for him at this point? I think he could be a, definitely a top level defender, but I think you guys touched on it before, you know, he's, he's pretty much Derek Jones Jr., you know, heading, heading in that direction at least. And I think that that's something he could definitely become. But I think there's, you know, I don't know what the, we don't know what the Heat are going to do with their uh, draft pick this year, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys like Casey O'Paul in this draft this year. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, especially if we have, um, you know, we're going to have that lower first round pick. If we could, you know, if we're going to draft a guy like Casey, I don't know if they do that after they drafted one last year, but, but there's still options. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to the next topic. And again, whenever Manny, whenever Alf shows up, we'll try to plug him in here uh, somewhere uh, at some point. Um, again, check us out on nothing but net radio on, on dash radio. And also I should have a beer down here with me, uh, but I, I I'll get one after Biscayne Bay brewing. There you go, Biscayne Bay Brewing is at the official Marlins. And now Alf is joining us with a beer, most likely. Um, Biscayne Bay Brewing, which is the official beer of Five Reasons Sports, the Marlins and Inter-Miami. None of us have won a game recently. We have not won a game recently. Inter-Miami has not won a match. Uh, The Marlins are 0-0 going into tomorrow. Um, Let's get to a couple more things here about last night's game, and then I want to move on from it. 
I talk about all the threes. Uh, after the game last night, Goran Dragic called Duncan Robinson the best shooter in the NBA. Now, he didn't say in the bubble. There's no Clay or Steph in the bubble. How far away is Duncan Robinson right now? I'll start with you, Alf. We'll get you right involved. How far away is Duncan Robinson from the best shooter in the NBA? I mean, number wise, numbers-wise, he's right up there, isn't he? I mean, he's uh... – I don't have the numbers in front of me because I use my eye test and I don't care about the numbers. Um, <laughs> but for for a guy that just goes out there consistently and when he has an open shot, like you feel like it's going in every single time. I mean, I, le- I legit think he's going to have a couple 10, po- 10 uh, three-point games uh, in the playoffs. And that's going to be pretty wild when you think about the, the history of the league and guys coming in, guys like Duncan Robinson, undrafted, uh, hitting 10 three-pointers in the game in the playoffs. Like, he's going to have some monster games, and he's legitimately one of the most important, if not the most important offensive piece in a top in a top four team in the East. And right now, I can't think of a single guy when they let the ball go that you, th- that you think it's going in more than Duncan Robinson. And maybe it's because because maybe it's because we haven't seen Steph in a while, mm-hmm. and that might be it. it. And or I, Clay. I think that or, or Clay, yeah. And it might be a recency bias, and um, it might be a Heat bias because I'm a Heat uh, homer. Um, but yeah, if he's not um, one of the best, he's top three, top four in the NBA without a doubt. I mean, let, let's go through it. You said something else, which is going to bring up another topic here about about who's the most important player on their offense, and I do want to touch on that. But but give me somebody else right now active. I mean, again, Clay and Curry are not there. Bertans. Bertans Buddy is Heald. not there. He's not there either. Buddy Heald, Trey Young is a different kind of player. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Wayne Ellington at this stage. No. I mean, he's not there either. Wayne Ellington. No, no, I'm just I'm, I'm throwing <laughs> out guys. I mean, Dame or Harden maybe. Right, but who's who's a who's a Duncan Robinson style player in the league right now? Joe I mean, Harris. Clay's, maybe that's a good one. He is sharp. Uh, but Duncan is the best of them, though. And it's not, I don't even think it's a biased thing anymore. You could say Stephen Clear is still ahead of him, and, and for great reason, right? These guys are their you know, top three uh, of all time. But as far as this season, Duncan Robinson was the best shooter in the, in the NBA. You look at the points per possession, whether it's mm-hmm. off the handoff or just in general three-point shooting, he's right up there. He was number one, I, th- I believe. I believe. I know he was number one in handoff. No, uh, handoffs, it wasn't close. Points yeah, per possession by far. But uh, and he was doing it on just a crazy amount of attempts. Again, he doesn't take the same types of shots that, let's say, uh, Dame or Harden or Steph take. But at the same time, the shots are high difficulty, right? The guy is not just another standalone shooter who just stands there waiting for his shot. He will get that shot off. And the his whole playbook is centered around getting that shot. As it's The formula is Jimmy, Bam, and Duncan Robinson. It's that simple. And I think... He really is, uh, the, you know, the, the greatest shooting weapon there is right now. I think it's him and, and uh, maybe a not-too-distant second is Bertans, who, who's not in the bubble, like you said. Yeah, I think no, that, that, that's a good I, one. Go ahead. And the interesting thing is that it's it's weird how you, when you watch, like, Steph Curry, when he shoots the ball, you know, it's like you feel like it's going in more than it's not going in. That's how it like, feels like Duncan Robinson is now. It's just when he shoots the ball, it feels like it's you expect it to go in now. Like that you're Steph sur- Curry You're level. surprised when he misses. When right. he misses. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a good argument that the Bam Duncan Robinson dribble handoff is mm-hmm. one of the greatest weapons there is in the NBA right now. This is something that Giancarlo Navas was saying over at Heat Beat, and I was really thinking about it like, Jesus Christ, because 
their their points per possession on that play is like 1.6 or something. So they're getting guaranteed scores every time. And it's like, yeah, Harden ISO is like 1.15 or something. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And so it, it's just it's it's dominant right now. It, and it's amazing that Duncan did that last night with without Ben. So without yep. his main guy. So well, okay. He's so legit, this- man. He I think that's really like he proved himself. Well, I, you know what he- I think he's I think he's realized it now. I think that's a big part of this is that I, I think he's at the point now where he feels he should be shooting 10 times a game. But I, I want to flip this a little bit because Alf brought up a, an interesting topic. Which well, is, no, Ethan, what I, what I, one thing I do want to say about Duncan that's, um, that's encouraging lately, and it's just that it's the contested threes now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. He doesn't have to be wide open anymore to, to let it fly. Like, he, like you said, he's so confident. And um, I posted it on Twitter today where uh, somebody, I think it was Christian Hernandez, posted a, the, vid- the video of just him – in and out, uh, in and into the post, back out, back in, back out, sidestep, hits a three, and he shot it right. I can't remember whose face it was in. He just because it's, it's a, it was a Sacramento King, so who cares? <laughs> um, so he shoots it in somebody's <laughs> face, and I mean, and it, the replay that Christian showed did not show you the replay of him talking cash like right in the guy's face, like right after he hit it, like basically you can't stop me, and that's the difference between. Early season Duncan Robinson and right now, like right, Duncan Robinson is going to let it fly no matter what, and that that is that portends really well for the rest of the uh, rest of this season and the playoffs. Well, this is it felt like. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Sorry, it felt like watching JJ Redick a little bit, like the, with the movement and um, being that almost like that third option, especially once Bam is back, but just the way that he's able to move around and shoot those contested threes. It felt a little bit like watching JJ Redick last night. Yeah, Redick is, was always a good comp. I, we've always said too that the Heat historically have had the cockiest white guys uh, in the in the entire NBA. Whether it was Jason Williams or uh, or Chris Anderson or you know any any of these or or, Don, or Robinson or Hero now they just they they sort of breed them. Um, their first twenty, I, mean, I think their first eighteen or twenty one points were all by white guys. They were all by white guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they are, but but they're cocky white guys. It's a weird. I wanted it. I wanted like to Boston Celtics. I wanted to tweet white excellence, but I guess in this <laughs> climate, it probably no, no. no. It wasn't white, a good idea. A lot of people be confused reading that. <laughs> white excellence matters. Uh, yeah. One no, thing though, <laughs> David just made that. David just made a really interesting point about Reddick. By the way, I don't know how we didn't come up with that name when we were naming elite shooters. Uh, Redick is a great example. He's obviously smaller than Duncan, but you look at the Sixers last year with Jimmy, their whole playbook a lot of times revolved around the Embiid and Redick dribble handoff. And I don't know how we haven't really made this comparison before. It just like clicked in my head because a lot, that's what a lot of the Sixers offense uh, was last year because they needed to find spacing and they can't. Ju- you can't just have Redick standing there. You got to really take advantage of his spacing the way that the Heat do with Duncan. So I think that's actually a pretty good comparison, except the heater just, you know, Bam is way better at it because Bam is just another beast at this point. Well, I, the, the, problem is, the, the problem is I think of Redick as a podcaster now, now and a player. I, I kind of forgot <laughs> that he's actually on New Orleans because he's just become such a prolific podcaster. But let's get to the other topic that I thought Alf touched on. Is Duncan Robinson right now the most important player on the Heat's offense? Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm I stumped. Think, I think he is right now. I, th- I definitely think he is right now. But I think that when you when you're projecting, I think Tyler Hero being 20 and Duncan Robinson being 26, mm-hmm. I think that Tyler Hero will be have a better offensive game than Duncan Robinson in six years. For six years from now, I definitely think that he can because he's shown 
plenty of just as much as bad as the shooting was last night, he showed so many positives. So I think six years from now, he'll definitely have that advantage over Duncan. But as of right now, Duncan, I think, has the advantage. I mean, is it? I mean, right now, most people would say it's Jimmy, right? I mean, it, but I mean, all of us, I think, are thinking about Duncan. Is is Duncan more? I mean, what Jimmy provides, which is he's basically their point guard in most situations. Uh, he is their best at getting to the line. We talk about gets to the line more than Harden, by the way, at a gets, at a, uh, at a possession rate. rate on a possession rate. Uh, but is Duncan Rob? In other words, where, in which way would the would the Heat offense struggle more? Pulling out Duncan Robinson for two weeks or pulling out Jimmy Butler for two weeks? Um, pulling Probably out Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Yeah. I mean, Duncan's gravity kind of moves the defense in a certain way. You, you have to pay attention to him. I mean, that's why – I mean, last night when the Kings were leaving him open him early, you had no idea why. Like, whoever wrote that down report, like you guys said, that guy needs to be fired because it doesn't make any sense. So his gravity on the floor just moves the defense. It creates – driving lanes for Jimmy and, and Kendrick once he's back and, you know, the dribble handoff stuff that Alex was talking about. I mean, all of that stuff, it's, it's, it's integral. You can kind of replicate some of what Jimmy does from like a, a ball handling standpoint, an initiation standpoint. I mean, with Goron to a certain extent, but Duncan's ability to shoot and shoot at a high clip. I mean, that weapon is a huge one for Spo. Yeah, I like that. I'd like to add to that, though, we're talking about the Duncan shooting. I think his offense revolves so much, like, it's looked at as a shooter, but the way he changes the offense when he's in the game, you know, when he's shooting the ball, when he you see, like, he's setting a pick, two guys flash high. That's, I think with, you look at Bam with the dribble handoffs, but how many times has Duncan went for a shot and dumped it off low to Bam for a layup? Exactly, exactly. I think, yep. I think Bam with uh, – I mean, Duncan with um, – That's why it's so deadly. more than a – Right. That's no. That, Brady's exactly right. What he does, he he turns them into a reg, from a regular offense into an elite offense, and it, and the numbers show it. His offensive rating, the offensive, mm-hmm. the offensive rating when he's on the floor just is he's he has the best offensive rating on the entire team just because. Yeah, he's exactly. Playing. Offensively, offensively, he's isn't he just clay now? He's clay. Yeah, he is, and that's the thing. It's like you were watching yesterday. You know, like David was up. saying, like, like <laughs> they were like so afraid of Jimmy going downhill. They were double teaming and they were leaving Duncan alone. And Heat fans are like, "Are you serious? <laughs> like, you really want to leave Duncan Robinson alone?" But then, what do you do? You just you put you do Jimmy. Uh, you put one guy on Jimmy, as because we all know what happens when Jimmy puts his head down and goes downhill. He's either getting a basket or he's getting to the line. So it's like a pick your poison kind of thing, but that doesn't happen without Duncan Robinson on the floor. Like he makes so many things move because of the way that he shoots. And you you ha- you saw the Kings change their game plan mm-hmm. mid first quarter. I mean, we're not talking about a halftime adjustment. In the middle of the first quarter, they had to change their entire game plan, and it wasn't because of anyone else but Duncan. Like he is he is the engine that drives that offense because shooting drives the offense. And he's the best shooter on the team. So to that end, let's talk about that. And thanks, Sayed, joining us from Bahrain. So we've got people joining us from all over the world right now. Um, so to that end, we, we've talked a lot, Alex, about the way that Milwaukee and Toronto like to defend. Mm-hmm. Okay? The, the way that they like to defend is, is basically they're going to give you threes, but they're going to try to make sure the right players are shooting those threes. That, that's mm-hmm. the whole strategy. And we don't need to get into all the specifics of it, but that's the, the overriding strategy of their defenses. Milwaukee's executed it better than most teams the past 25 years. Um, but how do Milwaukee and Toronto in particular 
keep Duncan Robinson in check? What, what do they do defensively? What do they alter? Uh, because Boston, I think what they do is they go at Duncan Robinson on defense all the time. That, that seemed to be what they did, whether it was Hayward, well, Tatum, Brown, whatever. What do those two teams do? I think that's exactly it. I think that's exactly right. Because of everything we're talking about and just the offensive weapon he's turned into, you have to account for him as a superstar offensively, even though he's not going to do stuff with the ball like a Dame Lillard, he can get to his shot just as frequently without having to do all the ball stuff. That's what the that's the genius of, of what Spo has done here with their offense that we did not see coming. I, I remember before the season, we were obviously projecting Justice Winslow to be a starting point guard, so it's a different-looking team. But we were talking about it like, I wonder how good their offense is going to be. And now it's just like, it, it's not even a question anymore. It's so spaced out, right? Like, if, if you try to go crazy hard to run Duncan off of the line, there's going to be other sh- uh, shooters open. We saw that last night because since there's no BAM, there's just an extra shooter in the, you know, in the lineup, and it was just impossible. And so I think it's going to be really tough for the teams like the Bucks and Raptors to do it, but they're going to try their hardest to run them off the line, and they're going to just leave other guys open, which is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want that if you're the Heat because you'd rather have Duncan shooting, but they have so many good shooters, and... Their worst shooters are even like they, they'll make the open corner three. I'm not really but worried what, about. What it. I will say about Duncan is just get to guard Duncan is just not easy, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that's that's the biggest thing about Duncan is that right. there are there are maybe there are other guys that shoot the three as well as he does. They're going to throw a, few, a second guy at him. Yeah, but there's few guys that make it as hard to stop. Like he moves all the time on yeah. offense. So, so you can say we're going to stop Duncan Robinson, but you you have to find a guy who can just run through every pick in the world because because the 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 Heat are going to set multiple multiple picks for Duncan dribble and handoff bam, whatever excellent. they're going to find ways to get him open. So well, now- Myers is excellent as as a screener. Also, I remember Dwayne Wade always used to talk about this. It's funny you mentioned JJ Redick earlier because I had many conversations with Dwayne where he talked about the one defensive assignment he hated. <laughs> was J.J. Redick. He hated – and I think he even tweeted about that recently to J.J. J.J. did a podcast. He hated guarding J.J. Redick. And he he was saying that about Rip too, right? About Rip Hamilton? Hey, oh, Rip. Oh, Rip he, well, because Rip was the best at But, see, Rip would do it differently because Rip was not a three-point shooter. It was mid-range. Would, he was mid-range. Yeah. Rip would run you like crazy back Which has to be harder, right? It is. It is. I, I, <laughs> is I, it going to yeah, yeah I, I I worked with Rip actually for six months at CBS, and and he would tell a lot of Dwayne stories about what he would try to do to get Dwayne off his game, and that was the whole strategy against Dwayne when Dwayne was at the top of his game. We're talking oh five oh six, and it was just running Rip Hamilton off a of screen after screen after screen and driving him crazy. The same with Ray. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. All right, we're going to transition off this, get to a little bit, uh, something more fun here. I, I know the reason now why Jimmy Butler is growing the mustache. This is a very important topic today. Um, breaking news, breaking news, <laughs> breaking news. Do we have Jimmy, a sounder, Manny? Uh, we, we, we Manny this, in the Manny. back. Do we have a sounder for the breaking give, news? Uh, give me something. Give me something. This is, this is our floor plan for tonight. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is most people should be freaked out about coronavirus. Jimmy Butler is probably the most freaked out on the entire team. He refuses to bring in a barber. He won't let he, he, he won't let anybody shave him. He's not going to. So what you see with Jimmy Butler right now it's going to get worse. Okay. He's, he's, this is, this is, it's going to be his bubble stash. He's letting it grow. He will not let anybody. This touch is truly him. a scientific like experiment here to see it, the it, results it, of how he plays, <laughs> how he plays, how much this affects him. I don't know if everybody saw the Holland Oates video that he basically <laughs> cut for Nickelodeon life today. Uh, we're, we're the only thing that stunned me is that Daryl Hall is 73 years old, which I mean, that makes me, Oh wow. wow. I mean, that's, that's amazing, but but so anyway, so I did, I had some questions last night. Are we doing the Hall and Oates bit? We should do the Hall and Oates bits. We should man eater. Uh, say it. What is it? Uh, kiss on my list. Um, no clue what any of that means. No, you don't have any. You don't. You don't have any idea. I, I grew up with it a lot. Jesus Brady, Christ. Brady, you know what that means? No, no idea. <laughs> no, that's blue-eyed soul, man. Alf, you know that, right? Yeah. No, listen. We don't, don't age me, bro. I'm I'm as old as Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to I listen to Lil Baby and Lil Knock Knock and Mumble you, Rap. You, and you were wait, you were waiting for Jay Cole to J, J. Cole to drop the two tracks last night. You were Lane, right? uh, Lane Lane understands what I'm saying with the uh, with the with the Hall and Oates bit. There you go. Check your allies. There you go. No, Daryl <laughs> Hall is Daryl Hall is the is the blonde one. Not uh, Oates was the. Uh, oh, we're doing, so you are literally doing the Hawkins ass bit right now. I, I think I, <laughs> one person, isn't it? It is. It is one person. All right, so we'll switch off of that. But that's that's where Jimmy is going to go. People who know Hall and Oates use AOL emails. By the way, there are two people in the media down here who still use AOL emails. Lebatard and Mark Jones. <laughs> <laughs> we got on Mark Jones about that. We, we got on about that. All right, let's transition to the next basketball thing today. Oladipo scrimmaged uh, today. There's, there's still this question about whether he's going to play, not going to play. I don't know if he's teasing at this stage. He didn't look real good. Um, I, I caught some of it today. I mean, he's just 
It's a little rusty. Guys are going to be rusty. I know our friend Stan Van Gundy basically scolded everybody on Twitter for paying attention to two preseason games or to one scrimmage game and, and after four months and making an assessment. Um, do you guys expect Oladipo to play? And at this point for Indiana, does it matter? Are, are they a threat to the Heat? If, now that Sabonis has plantar fasciitis, are they, are they even a threat to the Heat anyway? Oh, man, that's a good point. The Sabonis thing really does change things because he was arguably their best player all season, right? You can make a case for Brogdon because he was their – you know, their, their engine, but Sabonis was, was really important to them. And without him, I don't know that Oladipo is going to be able to kind of uh, fill in that gap, considering that he's not really anywhere close to 100% based on his play right now. And he was trending the right way, by the way, just to be fair, uh, before the end of the season, I, I read that the last five games of the season, he was averaging like 19 points on 48% shooting from the field, which again, it's five games, but uh, you know, it was a little bit of a trend upwards. So I'd like to see a little bit more from Oladipo. But I, I think you're right there that without Sabonis, even with Oladipo there, I, I don't think they, they, maybe they could win a game or two against the Heat. But it, it's I, I thought it would be a great series with the Pacers healthy. And now I'm not really sure. David, can they press the Heat in any way? Or, or did, I mean, do the Heat need to get to three essentially to, you know, chase down Boston to get Indiana in the first round, avoid the Milwaukee bracket? And and I mean, in that case, they would avoid the Milwaukee bracket. They'd avoid the Boston bracket. Uh, right. And they just would have to deal with, you know, with Philadelphia, uh, excuse me, with Indiana and then Toronto in the second round, potentially. I mean, that that the way that it's laid out like that, if we can t- have Indiana and then Toronto, that might be best case scenario for the Heat, because I mean, at this point, I don't know that Indiana without Sabonis with, you know, Oladipo at 75% or whatever percentage you want to put at it. I don't know that they can push the heat that much. I mean, they'll be scrappy. They're well coached. You know, they've, they've got some interesting pieces, you know, with Brogdon, you know, Miles Turner's okay. You know, TJ Warren, man, he's been, he's been lighting it up. Right. And then then there's that sort of, what happens when Jimmy murders him? (laughs) But you know, that would, that path, Indiana, Toronto, and then eventually, I guess, Milwaukee is probably best-case scenario for the Heat at that point. Um, yeah. You know, most winnable, certainly. No doubt. I, I, I mean, I, go ahead, Ray. I, I kind of wonder if, if Oladipo is kind of going to make his decision on playing, like kind of see who their first-round matchup is. I could kind of see him playing against Miami if, um, like, to kind of prove, like, maybe one come to Miami or anything. But I think if it's a six-seed Boston matchup, he might sit out and, and you know, like, <laughs> but, I don't know. But, but, anything, but, but, but. Brady, it's possible, but I like what, that. if he doesn't feel 100%, he may not want to go against Miami. That, that's right. the other thing. I, I, you know, I think it depends where he is health. I, I think one of the big questions with Indiana is we don't, we, we haven't seen the Brogdon Oladipo backcourt long enough to know how that's going to work. Because without Oladipo, Brogdon, you know, took over a lot of the offense in a way he did not in Milwaukee. And then Oladipo came back, and I thought it was going to take some time before the two of them got on the same page. And, uh, you know, we just, I just, we just haven't seen it long enough. Um, I, you know, I, I, it, it, to me, if Miami can chase down Boston, obviously that's the route. They'll get Indiana twice uh, in the last three games here. And, they, I mean, it, Miami can be the team that knocks Indiana down to six, basically. And it's going to be interesting with the Heat because do you want to knock them down to six? <laughs> and get Philadelphia if you're if you're not chasing down if you can't chase down Boston right if you're if you're stuck in the four if Boston gets off to a hot start and you can't and remember Boston has a tiebreaker on the Heat 
So if you can't chase Boston down, which I think the Heat thought they had a chance to do with the old schedule, but once you wiped all the Clevelands and the Knicks off the Heat schedule, it's tougher now. If you can't chase them down, you're stuck in four. Do you want to lose a game or two to Indiana? Make sure maybe they get the five and you don't get stuck with Philly? I know Jimmy wouldn't want to do that. I know he's not. He's going to try to win every game he plays against Indiana, especially. Then, you, then they'll That's sit true. Jimmy in the second half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Oh, man, you're going to – you're going to get a lot of Solomon Hill minutes. Um, <laughs> he would never admit it, but that's exactly how it would happen. Honestly, <laughs> right? I think if I ever see Solomon Hill, he's going to punch me in my neck. And I don't have a problem <laughs> with Solomon Hill. Like, I just I just feel like he's always – he's just the odd man out. And I feel like I always bring him up as the as the example of the Heat's depth, the, the guys who are not going to see the floor. And what they proved me wrong yesterday, Solomon Hill got early minutes. Um, they're missing um, two starters, so. After I saw that jumper, I, I was starting to feel a little bit better about Solomon Hill. I, that, <laughs> that one three he made was real smooth. And not only that, uh, uh, Carlo Navas, if he'd been invited me on today to talk to him, and he, he was really cool, man. I'm, I'm in on Solomon Hill. I'm, I'm Solomon Hill guy. is a competent NBA player, but that just mm. shows the heat depth. That like, who do you <laughs> when you when you, who do you play him over? <laughs> I'm not reading that comment. I'm not We've been that. talking about that in, in the group chats for a minute. Um, yeah. There's a striking similarity. Like, listen, there's a striking resemblance. <laughs> yeah, between Solomon Hill and Justice Winslow. Yeah, I'm black. I can watching. say that. You guys can't. If you guys say it, it's weird. But I can <laughs> but, say but, I'm not but, a... but, but I, th- I think part of, part of the Solomon Hill thing, and I didn't think we were going to talk much about Solomon Hill tonight, but part of the Solomon Hill thing – I mean, Solomon Hill earned a pretty big contract in the NBA. Like he was He's a good. starter for a period of time. I just think I think it's the look. I think it's the look. He just doesn't look like an NBA player anymore. It's not uh, the look. It's not the look. It's just it's he. It's it's um. It feels like he never uh, reached his potential. So which yeah, he was always like a theoretical three and D guy who was never exactly like a but like, when has he actually fulfilled that p- potential? Like, you would think if anybody can get him there, the Heat can. But I almost don't want them to because I don't want him to get a four-year, sixty million dollars deal. <laughs> I, will I think, say, I though, think Pat's over those. I think yeah, we're, okay. we're past that. We're past that. <laughs> Solomon Hill, though, he was the one with the highest three-point percentage from the three guys that they acquired, by the way, and he was they playing is. some ninth, nice, you know, ninth man rotation minutes in Memphis and uh, along with Crowder. So I don't know. We maybe. I mean, I'm not, you know, we already know they're not going to depend on him, so it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, he could be a plug-in guy who ends up coming in and just playing solid defense and hitting a, a, a three he or is, two, just like, an, you know, a Crowder might. He's a solid defender. He's a solid yeah. defender off the benches they have. He's of, a competent piece of the back Jones end back He's in big, by the way. He can guard, a, you know, I think That's a bigger three or four, too. He's, he might be, uh, he's, a, he's a solid defender they have off the bench. Outside of Derek Jones Jr., I mean Iguodala and Crowder. Iguodala. I mean, I think he's right there with all those guys. I with the older Iguodala, um, I feel like he's right there with all those guys defensively. I just need to see more from him offensively. But listen, he just like, he just got into the system. Like you, you got to see what he can do. Well, okay. So let, but let's. I want to talk about Jay Crowder for a second because you don't want to talk about Dion Waiters because I keep I, getting tweets about Dion Waiters. Uh, what is Dion doing right now? I want to talk about. Apparently, Jay he's just chucking up shots and he's he's out of control right now. Well, that, that's that, they, somebody. Say, Benjamin says it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> he, he, here's one question with Jay Crowder because I keep making this point that of those three and D type guys, the one who's going to play is the one who actually makes the threes. 
Are we concerned seriously about the Jay Crowder regression to the mean? Because you mentioned that, that you know, he didn't shoot as well as Solomon Hill from three in Memphis. Jay Crowder was awful from three in Memphis. He wasn't like the only you know, year borderline. He was a, the only year he was a good three-point shooter just by the percentages. Now, you know, I wouldn't mind him taking an open three in any of these years, but the only year he had a good three-point shooting percentage was that one year in Boston where yes. they were kind of uh, – they kind of overplayed their roster when Isaiah Thomas really took that leap. So, I mean, maybe it doesn't come. The one thing with Crowder to me, though, is that he does not play like he's not – like he's a whatever shooter. He is looking for that shot. He's going yeah. – he's, he's like at some points there when he gets really into it, he's like trying to like almost emulate Duncan Robinson. Like <laughs> he's like moving all over the place, darting around, trying to get the ball and shoot it. And I don't know. It's a little aggressive, but I'm glad that he's that confident. And the shot doesn't look bad when it comes off his hand. So – I, I, we, I, I wouldn't we, be surprised if he had like a one or five game, you know, every now and then. You know what I'm saying? But that's my question. You want guys to be confident, but you want Duncan Robinson to be confident. Sometimes when well, you that's have not going shooters, away. Right? No, but sometimes when you have shooters who are not pure shooters, I mean, they. I mean, uh, here, here's an example. Okay, I'm, I'm, they're not the same type of player. Remember the way Gerald Green, and I don't want to talk about Flacco. Okay, but remember Gerald Green when he came in during during preseason. And he was lighting everybody up. I mean, he was yep. I mean, he was averaging like 27 points a game. Preseason Gerald Green. And then oh he went God. through a stretch in the end of the regular season, God. okay, wh- where he didn't have a point. I felt bad because I was picking on him on Twitter. He didn't score for 73 minutes. He was played <laughs> 73 consecutive minutes and did not score a point, but was not stopping shooting. Was not like would not, and I'm not saying Jay Crowder is not that kind of player. He's not a selfish no. player. He's not a loose cannon. All the rest of that. But I just wonder when you have guys who are not pure shooters, and we've seen Jay go through stretches of his career where he can shoot in the 20s for a long period of time from three. I just wonder if it's always a good thing when a guy seems to give himself the green light. DJJ does too. He, Jay's not the only one. DJJ's looking for that shot too, and Eric's not going to stop him because that's not his mentality. But when you have on this team. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, I'm missing one. I mean, who are all plus three point shooters? Right. Dragic, Dragic, those six. And that's the and thing, then, really, because they have so many shooters. An okay, and then you have Iguodala, who is a good clutch three point shooter and is at least an average three point shooter over the course of his career. Very good I mean, for the corners. Very good for the corners. Although Tony Ferrantino threw at me on Twitter, I, I talked about him making the corner three, and he says thirty-three percent career three-point shooter. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not great, but he's better in the big situations. But do you want then Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. being so aggressive looking for their threes, David? If you I, have all these other guys, I mean, listen. The the great thing about what just happened here is that you listed or we listed like half the roster, more than half the roster. So Spo has. Um, the flexibility to kind of plug in who's sort of hitting that night, you know, and with the sort of positional flexibility that they have with Crowder and Iguodala and DJJ, you know, all these guys can sort of play that three and D role They're, I mean, they're sort of undersized fours, but the whole league is undersized fours now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he can just go with the guy with the hot hand. I mean, I know that Spo tends to have like a very sort of regimented, um, rotation and, and things like that. But if Crowder's not hitting, I mean, he's probably not going to be in the game at that point. So, you know, they're going to take those shots early, but, you know, ideally the, the closing lineup has whichever one of those three or four guys that's hitting that night. 
at least to be I, the threat. All right, let's switch here. Again, we're listening to Floors Yours here on five. Uh, this is an extension of five on the floor. You also can hear this on Dash Radio, the Nothing But Net channel. Thanks to everybody who's sending in the comments tonight. This is a lot looser than our typical episodes because we bring in other people. If you're listening here and you don't recognize some of the voices, in addition to Alex Toledo and Alphonse Sidney, got David Fernandez and Brady Hawk. We're going to be mixing in more people on these Thursday night shows. Uh, we actually debut them at 8 o'clock, and then they, they run on Dash the next morning. Uh, Want to get to the next scrimmage. They play Utah uh, coming up. That's on Saturday, I believe at 1.30. Uh, that's their second of three scrimmages. Uh, the Jazz are interesting but chaotic right now. Uh, we don't really know what the Gobert-Mitchell relationship is other than what's been written about on ESPN.com. Um, they don't have Bogdanovich, who I didn't even realize what kind of season he was having, uh, where he was averaging 20 a game for them. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you... Another elite at? shooter that's not going to be there in the bubble. Absolutely. So Duncan Robinson just kicking them all out. Um, American <laughs> sniper. Uh, They're afraid. Who, yeah, they're afraid. Uh, what, what do you want to see against – let's say Indiana is playing Mitchell, is playing Gobert, is playing Joe Inglis. Uh, so they still have a pretty you know, competent group there. Uh, what, what do you want to see, Alex, against Utah? What can you get done? I mean, honestly, it's going to be a good test, right? Like I think it's, it's a, a lot more of an indicator of real basketball. And, again, we know that they're not going to – you know, they don't really go 100% because it's, it's – a lot of this is like preseason vibes to it, I feel. And, you know, even some summer league vibes once it gets to the third and fourth quarter and, and, you know, these bench players are coming in and it seems like that's what the Heat are going to keep doing. But for those first two quarters, though, I'm going to be interested to see how they look against the Jazz. The Jazz, you know, maybe had a little bit higher expectations because Conley was supposed to still be an all-star level Mm -hmm. player and he wasn't. But that's still an elite defense. That's still a very, very good team that was on their way to winning another, you know, 48, 50 or so. Uh, So... I'm excited to see how they do against a, an elite defense, and there's a good chance Bam doesn't play tomorrow, right? I think that's still the case. Yeah, I, I don't think Bam will play. I yeah. would be surprised if Bam or Kendrick play. I think they may try to get him a few minutes in the third scrimmage, uh, but I don't anticipate that they would play to, on Saturday. Oh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see a lot more of the same for sure because Gobert always drops back, and I think we're gonna see a lot of threes. We're gonna see a lot of three-point <laughs> attempts again. What do you want to see, Alf? Um, I want to see them uh, slow down a good backcourt. Like, that's my biggest thing. I just want to see them slow down a good backcourt. I want to see how they're going to do it. Without Kendrick Nunn um, and with Goran Dragic not able to lead that second unit um, and you're relying on Goran Dragic's defense in the first unit, I just want to see how they scheme against a really, really good backcourt. Um, Because you're talking about, I mean, it's Conley. Conley's playing, right? Yeah, he's playing. There was talk of him bringing him off the bench. I, I don't know. You know yeah. well, got, you're, what, Royce O'Neal, they've got some other guys there. Well, you're, you're either no matter who they put in, you're talking about a, 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 an, an adequate uh, backcourt, and I want to see how the Heat stop them. And that, to me, that's going to be the, the story of the entire postseason, yep. the entire rest of this regular season. How are the Heat going to play against elite backcourts? Because – when you start talking about Kemba Walker and Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons and all these guys, like how are you going to stop these guys? What are you, you know, what what is your game plan? So that's what I would like to see because there are going to be games that go on misses, Kendrick Nunn misses, um, and right now they're without Kendrick Nunn. So what what's the game plan? That's that's my biggest thing I want. I, I, I'm looking for. Brady, what do you want to see? 
Yeah, I'll touch on the defensive part, which is probably the most important. But when you look at the offensive side, I'm interested in seeing um, how Tyler Hero bounces back after that shooting game. I'm interested to see how how he, you know, how he reacts to a to this type of environment after that. You know, I it, I kind of think that Spo kind of left him in yesterday, kind of as like a like an experience or a learning curve that he's got to kind of figure it out when he goes through tough stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the most thing I look forward to that I'm that I think is most important. But I also, if Bam was to play, I'm interested in seeing that defensive lineup that, that's that been talked about, you know, with Butler, DJJ, Crowder, Iggy, and, and Bam. We saw those four play yesterday together, but I'm interested to see how – we know how the, the defense is going to look with that, but I'm interested to see how the offense is going to look with those five guys on the court. Yeah, that, that's the th- I just I think they're going to have to mix in one shooter there. I, I, I mean, it, it sounds suffocating – when you think about it, with those five guys, but it sounds suffocating on offense. Well, he didn't. Did you not hear Derek? Derek is a shooter now. No, I know Derek's a shooter, and I know Iggy made. Derek's been telling us he's I, a knockdown shooter for like two summers now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. He, I mean, if the Bulls believe it, he's going to get fifteen. That one shot. Year, but that one shot looked good, though. Gotta say, his form, his form is fine. Like I, I, his, he doesn't have bad form. I mean, none of these guys were really talking about do. I mean, I'm watching Giannis make threes from the vice court and Giannis has still has that oh, hitch in that three point stroke. Like it doesn't I don't know, look good. Did, did you but, see, I, I was watching the highlights from the Bucks game and I, I honestly, first of all, that video that you're referring to where he was shooting on the vice court, which just looked amazing. Giannis balling on the vice court like that. Well, also with the assistant coach who just happened to look a lot like one of the heat's assistant coaches, but uh, uh, I mean, not the assistant coach, the trainer, but anyways, uh, his jumper, I'm kind of liking it, man. I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing. I think Giannis might start uh, hitting some of these open jumpers when 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 big sink out. You see those highlights, man. He was doing it. I'm I'm a little bit worried about that. But there's a lot of guys that that can shoot. We saw Ben Simmons. There was a bunch of videos of him shooting threes, doing uh turnaround jumpers in the corner corner three. So I don't. At least Giannis tries it during the games, right? I, I, well, I, I have seen. I, I will say, NBA players are amazing in this way. The guys you don't think you can shoot, if you watch them in warm-ups, where they're not uh, – so, so, what is it about my headphone cord? They're going to be hard to yes. my headphone cord? It, honestly, every time it gives me <laughs> – like, my anxiety is through the roof just <laughs> Look looking at, at it. Look at this. Oh, my I, God. Look, look, I tried AirPods, and I can't – my ears, I have – No, I, listen, ears. I have a cord, too, bro. Like, I, what is happening there? Because like, I have, like, three that are stuck together, and I need my six-year-old to help remove them. Oh, my me. gosh. Just, like, put that. it, like, away properly. <laughs> it also gives me anxiety when I see Ethan using the earphones instead of the mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not a good thing either. What were we talking about? Oh, Giannis making threes. I will tell you, every NBA player, if you watch them in warm-ups – is going to make 10 three straight threes. I mean, I've seen, I've seen you, Donis, drain three. I used to watch Shaq drain threes in, in warm-ups, okay? These guys can all make that shot. Um, Alex, before we close here, people have asked this over there. They want to know what are the posters of behind you. Listen, man, I get, we don't have I enough get, time for that. I get, the, I get this question all the time. Uh, what, just give me one. Give me, what, give me one I mean, poster that's behind you. Look, in the, in the wall that I've always got behind me, I've got right – here see i wasn't prepared for this sorry i got dwight howard this is by the way posters i've had since i was a kid now, these have been here for years uh i've got over here kobe i've got Shaq and wade here that my friends uh drew on and you know just kind of violated and ruined the integrity of the whole thing i got steph up top here chris paul uh, i've got a uh, a poster that came with a kanye album here i got a poster that came with a 
uh, a good music album here, which is Kanye's label. I was a big Kanye guy back in the day, and there's plenty more basketball posters here. Uh, are you voting for Kanye? Are you going to? Are you voting for Kanye? No, don't worry. He it's a late registration. The late registration. <laughs> does he does he get divorced before he becomes president? We oh, that. oh, we got some money in there. Look at that. Thank this you. Is, this is a big moment. Al- Alex, look at that. Alex could eat for a week. Look at that. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan, for donating. That's fine. Coach, Coach Rochester. Long, bro. Coach, Coach Rochester tells me that the, my tangled mess here of headphones looks like the Heat's cap situation going into 2019. Just like Pat Riley, I am going to untangle it. There are no obstacles, Ethan. There are no obstacles, Ethan. There are no obstacles. That's the shirt I'm wearing. There are no obstacles. See that. But you're not Andy Ellisberg. There are you obstacles are like, for you are you are the anti Andy Ellisberg of headphone wires. Like that I is so. I, I've told this story. And I'm going to tell it every every show until you detangle your headphones. Ethan walks around the Heat <laughs> Arena with a mess of wires and a la- like. He brings a laptop oh, yeah. bag, puts it down in the media room. Takes his laptop out and walks around with a mess of wires and chargers, and like he just holds his laptop and the charger and walks. Like honestly, I think most people think he's a, he's an insane person. I'm homeless. Like, I'm just I'm homeless. They think while, a homeless person is rambling around the arena with an old laptop. Well, and like, for a it's while. A, it's a, a huge while. laptop too. Like it looks like a, a nineteen, like an early two thousands laptop. Like go. it's huge. There you go. There you go. See? Like yeah, that. like, and and he has a charger, and like, and he the camera just doesn't, doesn't work. Like, who <laughs> takes your laptop out of the bag and walks around a public place with it? You, he's an insane person. <laughs> I like that joke. I, Alpha was homeless for a little while. You're aware of that, so <laughs> I know. So that's what. But happens. it has nothing to do with your laptop bag. Just use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think this is a good place to close. Uh, my daughter's baking a cake in my apartment right now. David Fernandez, thank you for joining us. Again, you can follow. David, uh, quick prediction before we go. Marlins playing 60 games, we think. Uh, how many did they win? Uh, I think at least 25. They're going to surprise some people. All right. 25, 25 wins for the Marlins. Uh, Brady, you can catch him. Uh, he's youngest sports agent on IG, but you can also catch his work on FiveReasonsSports.com. Uh, Alex Toledo, follow him at Tropical Blanket, Alf954, Ethan J. Skolnick. Thanks for listening to us. I know this sounds like a mess on, on Nothing But Nets Dash Radio, but we have fun every Thursday night, so you get that from us on Friday. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, Nikaius Duncan's going to join us again early next week. Um, he's making the rounds. He's going to get back to our podcast. Thank you, uh, everybody who joined us tonight for all the comments. Thanks for listening to the YouTube channel. Uh, we are going to be blowing that thing out. We're going to have so much content there. Check out Janelle Moore's new show, I Got More, that posted this morning and all the other content. We're putting all the Zoom videos from the Heat Post games where Alex is uh, frustrating or expulsion. All of those go on our YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for Alex for beating Alf to the party tonight. At the buzzer, baby, like Dion. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.